That was Michael Bublé. Well, I don't know if it is actually a beautiful day weather-wise, but you can turn anything into a beautiful day if you've got the right attitude. I love the song. Recently in Michael Bublé's home country, Canada, our reporter, Carolyn Jasinski, got to eat some of Vancouver's finest food and she shares her best dining experiences. Well, if you've been listening to recent episodes of Travel Writers Radio, you'd have heard me talking to Carolyn Jasinski in one of my favourite cities in the world, which is Vancouver, British Columbia. Fabulous city. It's got, it's got so much going for it. It's got beautiful open space. It's got a thousand acres of Stanley Park, which is where she was, eating like a true gourmand. Anyway, <laughs> I think Carolyn's got the taste for it because this week, she wants to talk about all the magical food experiences to be had in Vancouver. So, Carolyn, you're back. I gather you've actually probably finally digested all those wonderful meals you had. <laughs> I think you're just going to deal with the highlights because I don't want to know about the dim sim lunch you had or the hot dog or the <laughs> chestnuts on the street. But clearly you did have some f- fantastic food experiences, you and, and your husband, Rick, my old fishing buddy. Yeah. Uh, so fill us in. What you want to go with the best, or we're going to do a chronological dissertation? Well, I'll, I'll go chronological because then I won't leave anything out. Okay. But right from the start, I need to just acknowledge that I was hosted by Destination Vancouver for the food side of my stay. So we were there for four days, yep. and it's peak season, so there's no hosting journos in hotels or anything yeah. like that. So you so, paid for your own hotel. Absolutely paid for paid for most things, but okay. what what they did help me with was um, I asked for some suggestions of where to eat, mm-hmm. and I was really lovely surprised because the suggestions turned into free dinners and free lunches. Okay. So so the, I just need to put that out there. No, that, no, we absolutely, um, in the interest of transparency, uh, like like to tell our listeners that. Uh, and hopefully, this might give listeners an idea as to what some of the better restaurants of Vancouver are, because. I can promise you, Destination Vancouver would not be uh, giving you Freddie's pie cart to eat in if uh, Freddie's gourmet shop was available. <laughs> Absolutely. So the first day we arrived, I got off the Queen Elizabeth, and uh, that was early morning, and we were straight to the hotel, drop off the bags, and then out to lunch. And we went to a restaurant called Nuba in Gastown. So Gastown is one of the old historic districts fabulous place to walk around and the whole city like you said it's a beautiful place but the whole city is very walkable and it's not until you actually get out there and make your way around that you realize that you can walk almost anywhere and it's like a half an hour to this place and a half an hour to that place so we wandered down to Gastown went to Nuba now one of the things they told us when we were there was to not spend too much time in Hastings Street. So Hastings Street, uh, there's sections of it that are really down and out and it's there's a lot of homeless people and it's it seems a little bit sad that they say, you know, don't don't so go the there. Mo- it's, it's a very big street. Yeah. And look, we did, you know, if someone tells you not to go down there as a journo, <laughs> that's exactly where you're going to go, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we went down there and this this restaurant was actually on Hastings Street. Okay. It's down in a, in a good section of it, but it's it's a beautiful restaurant. Now, it's very casual. So it's it's a Lebanese restaurant. And so it's Nuba, not Nobu. No, Nuba, N-U-B-A, okay. yeah. Yep. And it's founded by a bloke called Victor Buzidi, and it was a way of him paying homage to his grandma's cooking. 
So it's grown though from this, it was a, a small 15 seat restaurant. It's now much bigger down off street level. So you can see the goings on above you. There's nothing particularly special about this place except it's great food. Right. And so authentic Lebanese cuisine, is, it's largely vegetarian or vegan focused, so you can get anything. The roasted cauliflower is an absolute standout. They do have meat and all that sort of stuff. Right. But this was one of the, is a really great introduction to Vancouver because it was in a really touristy part of town where there's lots of souvenir shops and the famous um, steam clock that everybody yes. goes down to see. Yep. It's just around the corner. So it's a really, really good introduction and quite cheap. We're talking, you know, eighteen dollars around that for a eighteen dollars Canadian. Canadian, which is yeah, about twenty. Is that equivalent to us or not? No, we're a little bit. It, it eighteen bit would be about twenty one. Right. Okay. Twenty one dollars Australian. Well, that's, a good, that's a good deal. The hmm. next day, so we were doing all sorts of great activities in between these lunches and dinners, but. I had to I had to look at where they were so that I could choose an itinerary that was around where we were eating. So, mm. so my stay in Vancouver was very much food focused. And it sounded like a bit of Google mapping. A- absolutely, a lot right. of Google mapping. Okay. So the next day, we we hopped on these False Creek ferries, yep. and I thought we'll have a day around uh, taking the ferries around to places over to Granville Island. Yep. Now, Granville Island, as you know, the ferries are these tiny, they look like little yeah, they dinky are. toys. They're, cute. they're fairy ferries. They're so gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they and False Creek is quite small. But, you know, you can either hop on the Granville Bridge and walk over. There's a lot of walking past where the bridge ends to get to anywhere on Granville Island. So the ferries are fantastic. Mm. And we went to a place called the Sandbar. Now, the Sandbar is in a former paint factory. And this is a place apparently where everyone says you've got to be seen there. It's very funky place. It's it's very um, industrial style building. It's really fantastic views back over to the city, mm. and you're space. You're right underneath Granville Bridge. And maybe we should explain to people that Granville Island used to be like the city works bureau. So yes. it has a cement making factory and it has when they talk about a, a paint a paint shop it would have been where they mixed up the paint to paint the roads or the street signs or yes. you know so it's um the whole place would have been under the supervision of the council or the, or the state government i'm not exactly sure who so it's got little wharves where they would have a works boat would have popped up at the wharf and it, well now the little ferry does the same thing and Totally gentrified, it's restaurants, it's uh, arty, farty, it's got the lot, yeah? Oh, absolutely. And and it's the home of the, the markets. So there's a big sign that says the public markets and a lot of people, there were thousands of people there just touring around these great produce markets. Right. Um, you know, everything from fresh seafood to all your fruit and vegetables, um, lots of arts and crafts as well. And it's also where they do a lot of the... Uh, water-based activities like there's Vancouver water adventures and stuff like that so you can hop on zodiac style boats that go out so yes it's got beautiful restaurants the markets are there it's a real touristy spot did Rick find the Polish food shop oh no oh there's pierogi <laughs> oh wow I tell you Granville. what he... I think there might have also been ponchki which is the donut I've got Polish in-laws. Yes. Carolyn's yep. uh, in-laws are the same. 
I really enjoyed the day there. It's years ago now. They really it's was, a really, uh, really great day out. Mm. And, and to be honest, if we weren't hosted for all these lunches and dinners, I would just anyway, have eaten there. You? You'd, yeah. you'd go there to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But the sandbar was pretty special. They specialise in seafood. Yeah. And it's actually part of the Sequoia Group, which is a sister restaurant to the Tea House. Okay. And okay. the weather was terrible when we were there. Oh, it was really? cold and wet and we were outside, but it was fine because we were undercover and they had great heaters. Um, really very cool atmosphere. This little hanging boat. It's like a little ferry boat that hangs in the middle of the restaurant as well. Yeah, so. yeah. It's a really good feeling. I remember that, yeah. We went on a, um, a water adventure that afternoon and got soaked mm. and it was it was it didn't see much because it was terrible weather, but well, a fabulous day. Mm. And then that night we were treated to this really special dinner mm. at Minami. Now, Minami is a Japanese restaurant, as you can probably guess, yeah. and it's, again, walking distance anywhere in the city. So we walked there from our hotel and it's in Yale Town. Now, Yaletown is where there's a lot of restaurants and nightclubs and, you know, you can see people lining up to get into these nightclubs like I used to when I was young. Mm. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> young, and, this is, young and footloose. Yeah, now I'm just footloose. Mm. <laughs> this is, um, Yaletown is the hipster part of town. Yeah, I, I remember I'll, it, yeah. It's very cool. Now, Minami is just, uh, it's amazing. I, I, I love Japanese food. Mm. It helps if you like raw fish, raw sure. seafood to sure. come here. They specialise in something called aburi sushi. Yeah. Now, it's the name of it. So it's they believe you don't need soy sauce and things or wasabi on it. Right. But we were treated to this magnificent degustation menu. It was It's called 175 Minami Shokai, which means it's $175. And it was just these dishes of absolute little works of art on your plate, yeah. lots and lots of raw seafood, which I'm not a huge fan of. I did like it. Rick loved it mm. because he just loves any kind of seafood. But we had one dish that had Wagyu beef. It was Wagyu carpaccio. And it was just, when I say Wagyu beef, it's the tiniest amount of beef because Wagyu beef is pretty rich premium mm. and, and rich, it's beautiful. Mm. But these dishes, you know, when you're eating six, seven courses, you don't need much on each plate. Sure. But, gee, it was special. And we had lobster, lobster tail and a pan, and a pan seared scallop, so one little scallop on right. there. But they, they take great pride in describing all these ingredients on your plate. And I got lost after, you know, the first or second ingredient because it, that, it was just all a mystery to me, but it didn't matter because you had this gorgeous little delicacy in front of you that you then, you know, made your way through delicately and mm. it, it was almost a pity to ruin the little artwork on your plate in front well, of you. Well, they say you eat with your eyes first. That's very true, mm. yeah. It was beautiful. So, okay. but, but again, if you love Japanese food, I would recommend that. Manami but in Town. Yes, but $175 a head for yeah. this particular... I'd pay that. Degustation. Yeah. There, there. Of course, you can order anything you like off off the menu. But yeah, that that particular tasting platter, if you like, was one way to go. The next day, something a little bit different. And again, remember, I'm doing all this other touristy thing in between. Thank goodness, and thank goodness, I'm walking because walking the amount off, of food. Oh, the amount of food we had was crazy. Mm. <laughs> 
The next day we had brunch at a restaurant called Shambar. Now, Shambar is a very funky place. It's and and like anywhere else at the moment, especially in Adelaide at least, breakfast and brunch is huge. It's a really big deal over here. There's people love to go out for brunch, especially on the weekends. So this is in uh, Shambar's in Beatty Street, and it's a very industrial setting. So it's got, you know, imagine a building with red bricks and lots of wood and the lighting in there is, again, pieces of art. It's these elaborate, uh, you can't even call them chandeliers because they're much more modern. But, you know, you could spend half an hour just looking at the way they've lit the place. Right. Uh, but right. they focus on Belgian food. Oh. So it was kind of breakfast brunch on steroids, if you like. So we, Rick and I both had paella or paella. So it had fried eggs and uh, chorizo and salsa. Oh, that's Belgian. Well, they had a Belgian twist on everything. Oh, okay. Right, so, so it's really Spanish, but with a Belgian Spani- accent. Yeah, and, okay. and they had these little touches everywhere. But okay. they also had things like um, ratatouille, and that's, you know, that's not Belgium, I don't think. But Italian. It's, well, and, but they had that with zucchini and eggplant, tomato, feta, olives. Sounds more Italian. Yeah. Basil pesto and other things like uh, sourdough waffles with prosciutto and melted trees. It's, it, it, was, it was all Sounds really interesting. interesting. Mm. Yeah. One dish called shakshuka. Yeah. And that was roast red pepper stew. And then it had things like pistachios and barberry salad and fried halloumi and tahini dressing in it. Really... Amazing stuff. And then a, a rare roast beef. Uh, so that was, and this is brunch. And then mimosas galore. They're very right. big on mimosas. Which well, is... let's talk about it. You, they've taken you around the world. You're getting Italian this and yeah, Spanish that. And <laughs> Indian mimosas, I think, last I heard, were coming out of India. But, yeah. uh, anyway. Well, thank, thank goodness this was brunch, though, because then we didn't have to do breakfast and lunch. So that was brunch. And then we the last dish we had the last special dish we had was a dinner at burdock and co now this is a little bit further out of town it's on main street in mount pleasant so it took us two buses two short walks and a few fights with google maps to get there oh right a taxi would have been easier but we were trying to do it you know the fun way Hmm. (laughs) so the chef there and the owner is a lady called andrea carlson she happens to be the only restaurateur so she owns the restaurant and she's the chef who's been awarded a michelin star and that was october 22 so that's her you know claim to fame but she's also this is another another degustation menu we had this was 125 dollars per person Mm. and it was really interesting because there's a tiny little restaurant and it seats about 30 and she has three sittings a night and it's chock-a-block full Mm. and everybody in there is having the same tasting menu Right. So we're all having this $125 tasting menu. And uh, Andrea is obsessed with flowers, they tell me. I met Andrea and I had a quick chat to her, but I couldn't do a recording with her because she was so busy and, right. you know, I could tell she was trying to get rid of me. Right. <laughs> and I don't blame her. She had better things to do. Um, she also has a 100-mile rule. So she tries where possible to get all her ingredients um, sourced within 100 miles of the restaurant. Right. Now, that, uh, in her menu, the staff told me can change. It can be uh, the same menu for two weeks or a month. Depends on what's in season. Sure. 
And so a lot of what you get is actually grown in her own garden. So one of the dishes was called Glorious Greens Coastal Huckleberry Vinaigrette Summer Flowers and Seasonal Vegetables. So it was just this little salad on a dish, but it was the prettiest little salad I've ever seen. It was really gorgeous. Tasted beautiful. Um, you felt like you were killing something when you ate it, did you? I, well, I didn't want to ruin the... <laughs> it, it looked like another piece of art yeah, on a plate. Know. Or, yeah. you know, if you, you could have given it to somebody instead of a bunch of flowers and, and they would have gone, that's fabulous. Yeah. yeah. Well, for those of you who are trying to um, follow along here, we will actually have the names of the restaurant in the, in the notes that go with our tracks. Carolyn Jasinski there on the Vancouver culinary scene. And uh, we have web addresses for the restaurants that she mentions in our show notes. This is the Travel Writer Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne.